Gospel according to Matthew, the fifth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. And then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you, the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Today's Gospel comes from the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, a sermon Jesus preached to the crowds who had begun following him after they saw him showing up in their neighborhoods and towns and healing people. He had traveled all around Galilee where Nazareth was and he was known there and even farther north and east throughout Syria. Sometimes we turn these verses known as the Beatitudes into a set of rewards that say if you do this then you will be blessed as if God's love is transactional, as if God's blessing depends on us. But thankfully, God's love and grace for us is not dependent on us. As Luther tells us in his small catechism in the explanation of the first article of the creed, God provides for us and God protects us out of pure fatherly and divine goodness and mercy without any merit or worthiness of ours. So why does Jesus say these things if it isn't to put a carrot out in front of folks to encourage us to be good people? Well, we remember that scripture is always revealing who God is and what God is doing. God is the actor, not us. So when we hear Jesus' words, the question we want to ask is, what do his words reveal about who God is and about God's character? On this All Saints Day, verse 4 stands out. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. 
Today, we particularly remember those whom we have loved, who have died during the last year. And certainly, we hope ritual and remembrance bring comfort to those who grieve and mourn. And we trust that God is with you today and every day. But Jesus isn't saying, oh, lucky you, here's your reward for your suffering. Loss and death are not blessings. And in the depths of new grief especially, I don't think anyone feels blessed. Instead, Jesus is saying, God sees you are hurting. And the same God who created you and loves you, will comfort you. Wipe away your tears and sit with you in your grief. This is the God who is portrayed in the Beatitudes, one who sees and honors those who are suffering. It is in words like the ones that Jesus preaches today that scripture is so clearly a living word that we hear differently in different seasons of our lives. It is not a historical document chiseled in granite, but a word that God speaks that we might hear and know who God is and who we are as God's people. In Jesus' words, we are reassured that God does not simply leave us in a deep pit and say, there, there, but sits with us in the midst of ugly tears and sleeplessness, in the too quiet house or at the desk where a stack of papers waits for our attention. Later in his sermon, Jesus says, Blessed are those who are merciful, because they shall receive mercy. And while the word here is merciful, I heard it today as full of mercy. I believe God's comfort is mercy itself. One definition of mercy is kindness or help given to people who are in a very bad or desperate situation. A distant and impersonal God who sets the world in motion from far above us and then leaves wouldn't draw near to us in grief. A God who wants to play gotcha and punish us when we make mistakes wouldn't be there to wipe away our tears. Instead, we know this loving God, whose mercy and compassion and steadfastness is revealed first to us in the cross. When sin and brokenness bring us to the foot of the cross, aware that we cannot live and be who God created us to be on our own, God doesn't leave us there either. God forgives us and gives us new life. I think
think Jesus is saying to all of us who are full of God's mercy for us, that whatever fills us up are the things that the world will see overflowing from us. When we are full of God's mercy, we will be merciful to others. Psalm 57 isn't a psalm that's assigned in our lectionary, so we don't usually hear it in worship. But in its first verse, it names why God's mercy is so important to us all. It says, Be merciful to me, O God. Be merciful, for I have taken refuge in you. In the shadow of your wings will I take refuge until this time of trouble has gone by. The psalmist often calls upon God to be the God that scripture has already revealed. The God we call upon is the same merciful God who saved Noah from the flood and Isaac from death. The same God who parted the Red Sea so the Israelites could escape from Pharaoh. The same God who spared Nineveh from destruction. And in God's mercy, God provides us with refuge, a place apart from the time of trouble or the destroying storms. God shelters us like a mothering hen gathers her brood under her wings. The psalmist tells us that God does not leave us alone to wait out the storms. Living in the shadow of God means God is always nearby. God remains with us and promises us that the worst thing is not the last thing. That is the resurrection promise. That evil and death will not win. In Christ, God's love for us and the world wins. And we are freed from fears and we are transformed. The Beatitudes aren't a system of rewards. And we have confidence in God's love and mercy for us, regardless of what we have done or haven't done. As we're sent out into the world this week, I wonder where we can notice what God is doing. And with God's help, how can we participate? How can we let the things of God overflow from us? How can we extend God's mercy to others? How can we provide refuge and safe shelter to others? How can we accompany others so that they do not have to be alone? Let us pray. Good and gracious God, thank you for your love and mercy and for making us all saints in your kingdom. We give thanks especially for those who have gone before us and showed us how to live faithfully here on earth. By your Holy Spirit, continue to fill us with the things of God that our words and actions would reflect who we are as your people. 
We pray in your holy name. Amen.